Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, everybody in between. This is Feature This, a fan edit podcast. I'm here with my buddy Greg, who is mute. I'm here. (laughs) Greg is in full spirits. I'm I'm processing the movie. And we are uh, tackling what many people consider the, the, well, for now, anyway, the peak of the Star Wars franchise, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yes, after Attack of the Clones, it is the best of the movies. <laughs> um, so, let, let me talk history with you a little bit, because you're going to probably know more about this than I am. No, I'm an English major. Star Wars comes out. It's uh, it's bigger than anybody expected. I'm sure way bigger than even Lucas uh, and uh, Spielberg. I, actually, I remember uh, reading a story recently where... Spielberg and Lucas were both coming out, had E.T. coming out like the same year. Star Wars. E.T. was in the 80s. It was probably probably Jedi. No, it was was, uh, Close Encounters. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, each one kind of thought their other, their movie was going to be more successful. And each one like did a little bet saying, okay, well, I want two and a half percent of your your, uh, film. And the other ones, well, I want two and a half percent of yours. And Spielberg, of course, made a fortune off this. Really? Yeah, uh, taking two and a half percent of Star Wars. Mm. But the point is, is that uh, even though um, Lucas had the foresight to get the merchandising rights, which ended up being highly lucrative, um, there was still skeptic- skepticism in the air about, will this work? Um, fast forward three years to uh, Empire Strikes Back. Now he has to deliver. And now the anticipation is there. Now is the sequel. Well, there's more, there's more to it than that. Right. I, uh. That's, that's what I'm bringing you in. Because <laughs> in, my, in my view, I, I'm, I'm, I'm way disconnected from a lot, of that, a lot of the details. But if you want to paint a, a more okay. vivid picture of how this... Um. Role unfolds well. You know, George Lucas had a hell of a time getting Star Wars produced. He took it to all these different studios and everything. Alan Ladd at 20th Century Fox finally said, "Okay, fine, let's do it." And he was really frustrated with all of the. Um, I just forgot the word I'm looking for. It's not a network. What's the movie version of a network? The studio. Studio. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very I'm very disturbed by the ending of Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> uh, he was he was frustrated by all of the studio politics and control and everything, and he really wanted to get out from underneath that. Mm. So, and it's not like Lucas is unaffiliated with that. He's been making movies beforehand: American Graffiti, Eleven Thirty Eight, whatever. Like he, he's been he's 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 been he's had his knuckles wrapped. He and doing Francis Ford Coppola want, wanted to get out from underneath the uh, studio system. Studio system. Okay. So now this is a real generalized version of what happened. George Lucas goes to a bank and says. Oh, first of all, he because 20th Century Fox didn't know what they had on their hands, they gave Lucas in as as, as part of his pay, like he took he, he took a pay cut mm-hmm. for merchandising rights and sequel rights. Oh my gosh, and <laughs> sequel rights. Yeah, they didn't care. Yeah. So he has a right to make the sequel. 20th Century Fox does not have that right. Hmm. They didn't make it. They distributed it. George Lucas went to a bank, and again, this is a simple version, and says, "I would like to borrow X number of millions of dollars." To make a sequel to the most popular movie ever, and the bank said, "Here you go." <laughs> Probably the first big bank a, loan taken from an no, individual it's a big to gamble. make a motion It's a big picture. gamble, yeah, on Lucas's part, because hmm. um, that's a personal loan. Yes, but the point is, well, I don't know if it was personal or if it was on Lucasfilm or whatnot. But Whatever, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he had to pay it. The point is, is that he made that movie with his own money, mm-hmm. and it was a gamble. Mm-hmm. But as a result, he was able to break free of the studio system. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and everybody, know, I'm sure everybody knows that story now about yeah. how he, you know, he's his own studio. Uh, you know, 20th Century Fox didn't make the prequels; Lucasfilm mm-hmm. did, and they distributed it. Gotcha. And so, that, now Lucasfilm, ironically, is owned by a studio. <laughs> but 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 the but at one point, um, I don't remember when it was. For some reason, the bank called the loan, and he said, "We have 14 days to finish the movie." <laughs> or something like that. Wow. Yeah, this is a version. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the specifics. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the point is, is that he took this very, very big risk. I mean, and it, and the pressure's on. Sure. And as a result, when Empire Strikes Back, you know, was finished, or whatever, he was able to use all that money to pay for Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and he was able to use money from Return of the Jedi to build Lucasfilm. And yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then fund the you know the empire up until you know episode one two and three and so on. Which is why he was one of my idols for so long before he you know started panhandling to you know the merchandisers mm-hmm. because this dude wasn't just an artist he was a businessman. Mm-hmm. The problem is I feel like he became more of a businessman than an artist ultimately over time. Sure. Uh, yeah. And, and again, it's it's so difficult to have a conversation about. Uh, Star Wars without it quickly divulging into the differences between OT and, and the new trilogy and the old trilogy and the differences and why, et cetera, et cetera. But we're just going try to try to avoid that pitfall a little bit yeah. here. Um, Empire is... Um, it, one of the fascinating things about Empire is it's not more of the same. Um, what Empire is, is it's, a, it's an expansion of the world that we get in. Uh, that we had in the first one, we don't. Um, we have the same characters, the same protagonists. Uh, adding another uh, with Yoda and um, Lando. Lando, but what we don't get is, oh, here's the here's the ragtag crew going through and, uh, and blowing up another station. It's not the weapon too. Exactly. It's not a lot of how we think and, of sequels. And Joe Pesci is not Yoda. <laughs> uh, it's not a. It's 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 a. It's 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 brave in that sense. And also another thing that's a it, that is is i think uh brave is that and maybe not so maybe not so because though i think the expectation of there will be the ability of a sequel beyond uh empire well with empire he was banking on it that's the point but i think episode uh four uh does tie up in a nice and a neat enough bow that you if there was never a sequel everybody'd be fine only one loose end which is but i suspect uh that if he was if he was able to convince a studio as a multi-picture deal at the beginning, episode four would not have ended that way. Hmm. I think there, I think it would have had more loose ends yeah. to go into which Empire, have, which would have been cool. Uh, yeah, because the only the only loose end of, in episode four is Vader doesn't die. It's interesting because in episode one, there's only one loose end. There's no doubt the mysterious warrior was a Sith. That's the only loose end, mm. and it's a similar thing. You know, um, it's pretty much a self-contained movie. You can watch episode one by itself and go. Well, it seems like there's a little bit uh, I don't get, but it's pretty much there. I I, I would only argue because Anakin's storyline just seems to go nowhere if you only take uh, that once that one movie. Yeah, that's true. Because because there's not only really a central character, but anyway, yeah. I did it. Um. So, but when you say it's not it's not more the same, I was thinking about this. Okay, because in the original movie we had a space fight. We don't have a space fight. The Millennium Falcon doesn't fire a single shot at anybody. Mm-hmm. It's on. It's running the entire time. Mm-hmm. In the first movie, we were able to jump from planet to planet. Luke can do that. Han and Leia can't. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we have our first, we have our big battle at the beginning of the movie instead of the end of the movie. It's a land battle, not a space battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's, well, it's all new, you know? Well, to be fair, episode four and five both start with action set pieces. One is just in, is a smaller scale inside the, the, the Star Destroyer. And this one is the much larger scale Hoth sequence. I would call the beginning of episode one a, or four a skirmish, not a battle. Okay, but it lasts the point about is, five minutes. the point is, it's 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 a it's a tool by which to get the audience involved. Let's throw an action sequence at the beginning. The Bond films all have versions of that. Almost oh, yeah. every action movie oh, has yeah. a version of that. Oh, yeah. So, um, but you're right. The the Hoth sequence is much more uh, grand in scale. Um, however, uh, okay. So as I go through, as we kind of talk about. Uh, this movie, uh, you know, to keep it in the the spectrum of from fan editing, um, we've talked before that the thing about fan editing is that 95, 99% of the time when we're talking about fan editing, we're talking about movies that are heavily flawed and what we can do to change this and add that or modify this in order to massage this into a more, a better experience. Uh, so it's kind of an oddity talking about these three films um, because... They're not bad movies. They're in fact they're, you know, top of the mountain zenith uh, movie genre defining movies. So um, it's hard to keep it in the context of what can we do from a fan editing standpoint to make this better. Uh, but I think by uh, what we kind of experienced watching episode four was that. Um, the first real fan edits of these movies were the special editions. Yeah, and you know, you asked me uh, on the episode four, which version do I think you're primarily drawing from? And I don't really think you can possibly say that. Uh, with the special, with with the with these movies, I don't think you can say which version because it's hard. It's hard. You know, like there's all this special edition stuff, but but it's clear that he pulled the the Greedo scene and the lack of Jabba that whole sequence. Right out of the original, mm-hmm. because there's no, there's no, there, he didn't do any editing there. He just took that allowed scene. the editing to not exist. You know, mm-hmm. so it's really hard to say, mm-hmm. honestly. But the point is, is, I think what when we're talking about these three films, what we're generally going to see, <laughs> <laughs> what we're generally going to see are uh, fan editors doing um, their version of the special edition. Yeah, uh, because the special editions came with a little with came with flack. Yeah. Quite frankly, yeah. Um, so uh, I suspect that that's what we're going to experience. Now we watched the the special edition version of Empire, the Blu-ray one, the most recent one. Yeah, the 2011. <coughs> it's really weird to say that about a movie. <laughs> the most recent version, right? Um, real, real quick, uh, before we go into everything, if you can, um, if you can think back about, because I don't really know um, some of the differences between the original, because some of the difference between the original. And the special edition are much more obvious in Star Wars Episode Four, but not uh, for me. Episode Five is a lot more difficult to say. That's that's okay. that's from the. Original. But if you can think of anything, to... no, yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do two things. I'm gonna describe the difference between the original and the special, and then the special, and then the the final cut, the ultra, okay. everything that's happened to the movie since 1997. Okay, first of all, we get a lot more with the Wampa in. Um, the special edition. It was we barely saw the Wampa in the first movie or in the first version. And the special edition, we get to see it eating. We get to see it stand standing up. up. Yeah, we get to see it approach Luke. Um, in the, I mean, there weren't a whole lot of changes made to Empire because Empire was pretty good. Were those Wampa sequences filmed back in the day, or did they no. reshot? Were they reshot? They were reshot. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
you know, there really isn't a whole lot in in uh, in Cloud City. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of um, scenery is added as they're flying in and whatnot, mm-hmm. and like there'll be a scene where Lando and everybody is running through a hallway. Mm-hmm. Now they're running across a balcony, and you can see Cloud City behind them. Mm-hmm. So they're not changing anything; that, they're just adding background. Okay. I mean, it's really pretty. It's visual. really pretty. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that's really. I mean, those are the two big things I remember from the episode. From the that's edition. what I thought because episode five doesn't really have anything as dramatic as inserting a Jabba scene. They or... did insert a. There was a in the original version. When 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 Vader's leaving Cloud City, he says, "Bring my shuttle." Now he says, "Alert my star destroyer to prepare for my arrival." Hmm. And they added a scene of him landing. That's a Vader line. Yeah, they they showed us. They added a scene of him landing his shuttle on the star destroyer and walking out. That scene was not in the uh, original um, episode five. Did they get? Um, did that? Was that recording of uh, no idea. James Earl Jones already done? Or did they oh, bring him in to redo? I that have no line? idea. It's a curious no line to change. Uh, yeah, it was weird to change that line. Oh, there was one other line that was changed. Uh, when the swamp creature spits out R2 mm-hmm. on Dagobah, mm-hmm. Luke's, Luke's used to say, you're lucky you don't taste very good. Now he says you're lucky to get out of there. I like taste very good. Yeah, better. I like that line better too. Yeah, that's curious why that wouldn't be changed. Yeah. See, that's, a, that's the thing. is like It's hard to pinpoint a philosophy that Lucas may have taken to make the changes like the that he did. The scenery stuff, that's a philosophy. Sure. So many more of the Wampa, that's a philosophy. Changing those lines doesn't change anything about the scene, right. the characters. right. So what is the point? And especially with the, were they particularly at were they were they performed inadequately to the point where it's kind of like yeah, yeah that's why. But then um, the two honestly, what I consider biggest changes in Empire Strikes Back took place after that. First of all, um, they replaced the <clears throat> in the in the scene where Vader is talking to the Emperor in the hologram. Originally, mm-hmm. it was an actor named Clive Revel who did the voice. It may have been his face. I think I think. There was a, the voice and the face were two different in people. the original, and the the eyes were chimpanzee eyes. They were not human eyes. Hmm. Um, and uh, then in episode six, when they hired Ian McDiarmid as the act as the emperor, hmm. eh, it looked a little different. It sounded different. Nobody really cared. Mm-hmm. When they brought him back again to do episodes one, two, and they three, they said, "Hey, let's pull you off to the side and reshoot this." Uh, um, so I was wondering, I was like, wow, the makeup looks just like the first one. Yeah. Ah, well, that ex- that explains it. But they didn't just replace the actor. They changed the scene. The scene is different. Originally, Vader says, what's that betting my master? The Emperor says, there's a great disturbance in the Force. I have felt it. We have a new enemy, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. He's just, uh, you know, he could destroy us. He's mm-hmm. just a boy. Obi-Wan can no longer help him. The Force is strong with him. The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. If he could be turned, and then from that point, but in this version, he says, the Emperor says, there's a great disturbance in the Force. We have a new enemy, the young rebel who destroyed the Death Star. I have no mm. doubt that this boy is the offspring of Anakin Skywalker, to which Luke Vader replies, how is, how is that, that possible? possible? Even though previously in the movie he has specifically said, I'm sure Skywalker's with them. In the opening credits it says he's searching for, for Skywalker. Skywalker. So the Emperor, or Vader's flat out lying to the Emperor. In the original version there was no lying going on. But now there is. Now it's very hmm. deliberate that Vader is searching for Skywalker and the Emperor doesn't know it. Or he, or it's mm-hmm. never been acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Vader goes to Cloud City later on and, mm-hmm. and everything. And he's he's not really interested in turning Luke over to the Emperor. No. But, uh, he says that in front of everybody else. Now. In front of everybody. In front of Lando, in front yeah. of Boba Fett. As soon as he gets him in the room by himself, he says, guess what? We can overthrow the Emperor and rule the galaxy together. 
Yeah. Um, let's. Uh, I wanna... So that so scene really ch- is is a strong that, change. That is a strong change. And the other change they make is um, Boba Fett's voice. It used to be That's right. Jeremy Bullock, and now it is whatever I don't remember the that guy's name that plays yeah. Jango Fett. And you know, I I like both ways. Yeah. Um, I like the original voice was was a badass voice. Mm-hmm. The new voice uh, makes sense with the continuity, so yeah. I'm okay with either version of that. I um, I'm. When I when I heard that voice, I I changed my mind. I was I, I was originalist in that sense, like don't change that, you know. But now, when I heard the voice, like my brain kind of immediately was locking it down to the stuff in episodes one, two, and three, and I was like, okay, now it does feel like a continue a little bit more of a continuation. Yeah. So that was an interesting. I, I think uh, I, I I still wish that there was you know there and I'm, I'm sure Disney will get to it is making you know the purest uh, this is what they saw in seventy whatever release and um, and in that context I'll be happy with with the the old voice but in the context of a special edition which is trying to um, you know deal with the fact you, that unify the saga yeah exactly uh, that I think that change works and see those are changes that. I don't have any problem with from a creative standpoint. When Lucas says, I want Honda or Guido to shoot first, I say, why? When he says, I want Boba Fett's voice to sound the same as Django Fett's, I say, I understand. Mm-hmm. When he says, I want Ian McDiarmid to be in The Empire Strikes Back, I say, I understand. Mm-hmm. That's not experimental. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, Empire has... Um, and I We're going to kind of... I want to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, the way the, the film is, because in some sense it's very... Sorry, I want to ask you a question. When we were talking about these things that were done while the prequels were being made, they had the actors for the prequels there to do these things. This, this version of A New Hope that we previously reviewed, mm. it felt a lot more like Chapter 4, because, you know, they it just it just felt, because they had the Imperial March and all that stuff, mm. it didn't feel like this is the first movie in the saga. It felt mm. a lot more like Chapter 4. Um, and I always thought to myself, how cool would it be if while they were making the prequels and they had the sets and uh, you know and everything and the actors and the makeup artists and everything, if they had filmed the scene where Palpatine disbanded the Senate to put back into episode four. Because when you're watching episode four, it seems really out of place. But if you're watching it in order, mm-hmm. it would feel totally in place. And it would totally ground episode four as the whole galaxy is a, is a mess with activity right now, mm-hmm. not just what's going on in this ship. I, what do you uh, think? That would have been an interesting uh, addition. Um, um, however, the selling of... I, I'm just trying to think, like, how visually, how would you film and shoot that? Um, because at some point, it, it is the senators just kind of getting word that it's over and them being helpless and being able to do anything about it. You could have brought Jimmy Smith in to play Bail Organa. That would have been a really cool thing to see him in that movie. In the context of tying those two together, it would be interesting to see because I wonder if that would be distracting. You know, because of the you know the the self any changes are distracting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would be curious. I'd be curious to see if you, if you can make it work without it being without without it being more. Let me put it this way: any changes are distracting to you and me, but for sake for the sake of a future audience experiencing it for the first time, it wouldn't be distracting. Well, there's at a, least not as much. Yeah, it's really difficult though to the 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 filming techniques. Uh, like, the, there's a polish, there's a look, there's a color, 
um, palette of episodes one, two, and three that really do not blend with four, five, and six. And um, my, if they filmed a scene like that, they would have to shoot it like it is in episode four with those types of cameras and lighting and technology. Hopefully Lucas would have the sense that it can't look exactly the same. And it, it takes place decades later. So the reason I mean. why I don't trust that is because when we talk about all the visual effects that are added in four and five, they stand out. They don't. They, they don't look like they're seamlessly inserted in that. So I don't trust him to be able to do something like that either. Yeah. Provided he could, make cool. You know, let's yeah. let's. All right, so the back to Empire. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, Empire has some unique structure to it that um, is a little unorthodox, and um, and uh, you know when when we when we finished. Uh, watching it, I said, uh, well, I'm more convinced now than I was before that episode four is actually the superior of the two. And I understand that's a minority opinion. Um, Not to discount, it's not like I'm saying episode four is a 10 and episode five is a six. It's like it's a 9.8 or five or whatever. Um, But there are some things about it that do kind of rub me the wrong way. But I, I don't know if there's a way even for my own sensibilities to try to think about how you would massage those moments out to, uh, from a fan editing standpoint, if there's a way to, from, to satisfy my, um, you know, my, uh, tendencies or my, uh, wants and desires. I don't think that's possible. I think it's fine the way it is. I don't think I can make it better. Um, but you know, I wanted to, you know, go back and forth, you know, cause the, you, you think episode five is, would you put that? I mean, we haven't seen seven yet, but five is the pinnacle of the series. I haven't seen six yet either, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the five that I've seen, yeah, it's probably the best. Okay, um, my the first thing that this uh, I think that this edit gets off on the wrong foot is um, it starts off with a little bit of a weird kind of Deus Ex Machina kind of thing. I, it's just a weird thing that Luke is Luke is out by himself. On a tauntaun, and and then finds himself, you know, mixed up with this abominable snowman type I've, character. Honestly, I don't have a problem with it, but I've never really understood what the point of that was in the story. Why couldn't he just see Ben's ghost in his bedroom or something? Exactly, and so the whole film kind of starts off with this weird beat. Whereas episode four, you got that, and it's and then we're following the droid, you know, like it. It just it starts off on a much better note. Um, following that, it, you get into the conflict between uh, Han and Leia, and it's like their you know their banter back and forth is classic you know whatever. But there's something about even the way that kind of starts that doesn't that does that feels a little off. Like uh. um, they've known each other all this time. We're presuming we're presuming years have. I think it's supposed to be like three years. Yeah, we're presuming years have passed, and he's right alongside with everybody. So we kind of, we kind of, I figure that you know he's been there the whole time, and it's like, has it just been three years of constant bickering between them with the same kind of deal that that feels wrong? It feels like there should be some kind of beat or some kind of uh, thing that gets hit that kind of triggers this. Hmm. I, I suspect that the intent was he's leaving, and so that brings up some hostilities. But it, it, there should have been a, uh, a little better massage, so even that starts a little bit better on the right foot. Um, uh, it is interesting because it does feel like Han Solo's story picked up days later, not years later. 
hey, I gotta leave. I gotta pay off Jabba the Hutt. That's what he was about to do at the end of the fir- of four. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it is weird. His story feels like it's been in suspended animation all this whole time, and now he's like, oh, the mo- the movie started. I guess I better go ahead and do what I was gonna do before. And see, that's the thing. Like he got paid. Uh, they, in the, at the end of episode four, you see him like with a bunch of barrels of looks like canisters, and we're presuming it's money because that's what he gets paid. So you assume he's going to go take care of his debts with Jabba at that point. Going back to episode four, it is interesting because he is assured by Luke that Leia's rich and they be able to pay him, blah, blah. Her planet's gone. Where did that money come from? The rebels just have all this money that they can pay out? I assume that there's some kind of interplanetary network and she's got holdings elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, It's all digitized anyway at this point. Right, right. <laughs> um, that is interesting, All the, what you mentioned about it being digitized. It's obviously not. <laughs> but... Um, but Oh, I was going to say something else about that. Um, got the money. I don't remember. If I think of it, I'll come back. Okay. So um, it, it, it just goes to show like there's these little uh, the things that kind of like make kind of like my skin crawl a little bit. Like I know there's it's not I know, I know there's a better way of doing this. It's not that it's bad. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's just there's a, there's a difference between, you know, good and excellent. And it's it's good. It's just not excellent. Um and then following that, we have the Haas sequence, and let's face it, the Haas sequence is, you know, it's it's fantastic. It's you know, it's it's iconic with the walkers. And yeah, everything. watching them bring the walkers down with tow cables. I mean, like that really feels like this is a ragtag group of people trying to figure out how to uh, fight the, an army. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, so that that works great, and I, um, you know, the, they have to blow up, uh, you know, the thing in order to get Vader down. I wish there was a little bit more. Uh, I want. I wanted to see the establishing shot of Vader landing. Yeah, that'd be cool. At the uh, at the base, uh, because all we see is that it's uh, they blow up the shield so that Vader's ship can come down. We hear a line of dialogue, and now he's walking into that place. You know, I mean, if they were if if ever they were to make a, another version of this movie mm. that, that involved more shooting, mm. I would put a lot more. Um, scenes of Vader in it. Like, you see Vader coming down. The thing is, Vader is coming down looking for his son. So, it just adds more suspense to see him in the shuttle surrounded by everybody and be all silent and everybody's talking whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, blah, and, blah, he's blah, just, and he's just... And the camera slowly, like, mm-hmm. the camera slowly, like, moves in on him. Mm-hmm. And you can't see his face, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. It just moves in on him because it, 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 the more... As the camera moves in on him, you're like, why is the camera moving on him? What's going There's on here? There's something significant Sp- to him that no, yes, that he knows that yes, nobody else knows. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that would be a fan. <laughs> yeah, that, the, him coming down... Because that, for all he knows, he, that is going to be the time where he's going to get Luke. Because... With the exception of the scene where he's talking to the Emperor and the scene where he confronts Luke, Vader's pretty much just the baddie in this movie. Mm-hmm. We don't get anything from his perspective. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Well, I would say at the end, there's there's difference. Yeah. But at the, after his confrontation with Luke or during it. Right. Even. Um... And that's another thing that, uh, you know, in the context of 1, 2, and 3, the revelation, the moment we miss, we never get the revelation scene of vader realizing it's a skywalker um see now it would have been cool somehow or other we could have we could have included that in episode four because there's no way that you can i mean if it took place in those unless it takes place in one of those two time periods we can't see it there's no flashbacks in star wars you could possibly who knows yeah you could possibly massage a little thing where he uh after he gets blasted out of the uh uh the death star 
um, that he has, you know, his his com maybe established earlier that they have uh, comlink connections with the rebels, so that you know, they're like uh, inter- they can hear the rebels' conversations on the radio. And after the thing gets blown up, he hears uh, somebody just say, "Congratulations, Skywalker." But since you can't see his face. No, but the point is, in the context of one, two, and three, we yeah, know yeah, yeah, we yeah. wouldn't be able to put those together and have that moment. That still comes back to the age-old question. All he has to say is, come to Skywalker, and he goes, Skywalker. That still brings back the age-old question. Why didn't Owen and Baru raise him as Luke Lars? <laughs> being serious. No, you're right. The, if you change the name, that, that kind of, that would change the, because uh, uh, then you could have the reveal in episode Four or five, well, like, because, your name's not Lars, it's Skywalker. Because imagine You're... this. Let me see your identification. If Obi-Wan hadn't pulled a Jedi mind trick right there, it would have been up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, the Hoth sequence ends on, again, a weird note. The Rebel, um, the, the Empire's come in, they've taken over the base, they have quickly and ragtaggly decided we got to move to another uh, safe haven. Um, and, uh, but instead of, um, okay, let's make sure everybody gets to the safe place. Luke is like, peace out. I'm going to the Dagobah system. He doesn't say that to anybody. He says that to R2 after they're in the... Yeah. He just bails on these guys in this weird kind of scene where, where's the Empire right now? They're off to the side, like like the rendezvous point. Luke understands that there is a greater mission for him. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Fair enough, but I that I, I wish that that was handled in a more we 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 barely got away by the skin of our teeth, or we successfully had this uh, you know rendezvous whatever plan. Like, there's something about that moment that is kind of weird, where he's kind of breaking apart. And you're not following the 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 other protagonists or even the rebels themselves, and them uh, going to where they need to go. Well, you know, it's interesting because in this movie, you know, it, it's pretty much just Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie. That's it. You know, we don't deal with other rebels after the Battle of Hoth. Exactly. And what's interesting is, if you think about it, there's 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 two reasons to, to suggest that that a lot of time lapses in Empire Strikes Back. Number one, it's unrealistic to assume that Luke could train to be a Jedi in, in even a, a month. Yeah. Number two, they don't have a hyperdrive, so they're flying at, they're flying at regular speeds across the galaxy. Yeah, and, that, and and those two things actually balance out time wise. You know, Luke's out there trading for months, and they're flying for a long time. You don't. You, you had a look on your face. Yeah, I, I I'm I I'm really uh, forgiving for movies that have space. You know, ships and traveling to star system to star system or whatever, and ignoring general relativity. And because it's just, if you start putting stuff like that in there, it's just like, well, even if you're traveling at the speed of light, you have to go, um, you know, it's going to take years to well, get from one place the to the next. Hyperdrive, now you can just override all the logic, but they're not using hyperdrive. Either way, I mean, okay, but they're not using a hyperdrive. How fast do you have to go, you know, without hitting general relativity speeds to get to the nearest planet? To me, it would be like the difference between driving a car and riding a bicycle. I mean... Um, I, I, I don't like... I, I'm really forgiving. I, if they say they're going to... Okay, I mean, well, lay that over how long would it take Luke to train to be a Jedi. See, but that's another issue because, like, we can... Okay, we can massage the idea that... You know, we never know 
uh, when we first, and you know, back in the '80s when this came out, you don't know how long it takes to go from, you know, Padawan to Jedi, and how special Luke is, who might be able to do that faster than anybody Originally, else. Originally, there was going to be a montage scene, which would have easily generated the idea that this is taking place over more than just a week or two. Hmm. Um, well, we see, but then if you're going to do that, you're going to say that there's this long length of time, and then we need more scenes of. You know, uh, Han and Leia and their relationship getting closer together. And where's Luke? How's he doing? Where, where'd he go? Mm. What's the story? You know, like that needs to be part. It's not going there. So I, I just have to assume that this is a relatively short amount of time. Weeks, months at the most, you know. Um, not years, decades. The, the, pro- the, the problem I have with that is that the amount of time that Luke trains with Yoda, according to Yoda and Jedi... Which I hope I, I assume I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> Yoda and Jedi. That plus you must confront Vader. Then you will be a Jedi. So how long? How much time did it actually? How, how hard is it to become a Jedi? You know, it's it's like. Do you are you? But are you superimposing this in just to kind of make sense of a bunch of stuff, or do you think the? Uh, I mean, I, do you did you when you first watched this? Did you really believe or assume or think that there when was I first watched years it, I was like eleven years old? I wasn't paying attention to anything like that. Okay, I'm not saying years. But I'm saying the whole point of everything that's going on in the Millennium Falcon is we are crippled. We are limping our way across the galaxy. We can't go fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they repeatedly... It's, 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 it's the, important to the plot yeah, that that's their hyperdrive doesn't work. I know. Multiple... Yeah, mul- yeah it's a big uh, And I think, I think subtly it's important to the plot because we have to allow time to pass. I think... Like you said, you don't have a problem with... Ignoring the laws of physics in a space movie with time, but what if the movie consistently said we can't do it, we can't do it, we can't do it? Then wouldn't you say, well, then how did they get there so fast? I think the the device of not being able to travel, you know, is a is a tool to keep the characters away, giving them an easy out, um, and it's not. It's not a tool by which the filmmaker or the storyteller is trying to say a lot of time has passed. So let me ask you this. How much time do you think, would you estimate, passes from the moment they say, let's go to Bespin, to the moment they arrive in Bespin? Um, weeks. Maybe a month or two. Okay, so you do think some time passed. Weeks, maybe a month. at the th- At least enough time passed. Where Boba Fett could get there first, call the Empire. The Empire can completely set up mm-hmm. because the second they land, they're in a they're trap. They're already there. Yeah, the Empire's not following them. They got there first. Well, that's because they have their own yeah. hyperdrives. They yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but not not six months, not nine, nothing like that. Nothing, not an exorbitant amount of time. But either way, the point is, is that Luke goes off. His character leaves the the, the group of protagonists. He goes off to go train with Yoda. Which, by the way, the introduction of Yoda is still amazing. Yeah, you were laughing to that whole <laughs> I thing. I love it. I've day. never heard anybody laugh. <laughs> everything about Yoda. the way the puppet moves and everything about his mannerisms and his just like his wily, you know, cranky old wise man kind of attitude. Well, silly really, old wise man. It's just beautiful. Think about this, though. If, if that wasn't Yoda, then he could have become just as irritating as Jar Jar Binks. You just you uh, walk. You, know, you have this. You have this serious arc going. Uh-huh. Also, he introduces this character that's just what the hell. He's just mine, mine. Woo! I will help you not. You're like, <laughs> okay, he's cute, but why is he in this movie? <laughs> um, I yeah, I, I get that, but 
Man, he's so good. It's so Imagine good. if at some point Jar Jar had all of a sudden dropped the act. Would you still hate a Jar Jar? If you found out, oh, you know what, Jar Jar actually is just an, this is an act, and he's, it's, you know... Whatever. You know, if they had painted Jar Jar as a super cocky warrior of the Gungans or whatever it is, who gets disbanded because he can't follow protocols, and he's just kind of wacky out there, but when the, when the going gets rough, he can furrow his brows and get down into yeah. it and just, like, kick some ass, you know? Like, then I'd be like, okay, I think we can... I, I can I can see how this guy can work in this world, but yeah. the, uh, that's not the choice that they made. Um, um, let me ask you this. Okay, we, we talked when we were watching it, and I said, you know, I feel like this whole act that he puts on for Luke is, is, is a, a test is in and of itself. Well, it's also, a, it's also a characteristic of a Jedi to mask his true identity and to, you know, everything. Yeah, but you only, your, your, your complimenting point to that is the one little dinner scene that's in episode well, also, one. Obi-Wan Kenobi is known as this crazy old hermit. Nobody knows who he really is. He, hmm. you got to think that he has perpetrated this this uh, idea that, you know, he's just, you know... Uh, it's funny that... Yeah, you, you're right. There are kind hermit. of multiple... Um, there are multiple incidences of this, but it's funny how we don't think of that as a Jedi trait. Well, and also, um, when Anakin is sent on a mission to protect Padme, he's supposed to go undercover and pretend like he's a refugee. Mm. He's not just her bodyguard. Yeah. They're literally in disguise. Yeah. Um, but but also, if you think about this, Yoda's been on that planet for himself by himself for all this time. Now Luke's coming. He, he uh, I wonder if any of that is is his self defense because he doesn't know what to expect. So if he comes across as unassuming, and Luke turns out to be a jerk, he can just walk away and don't <laughs> never you never know. I I think it's in the context of like. The why there's a lot of you know Japanese um, sort of mythos that's being pulled from you know that even even like the samurai head of Vader you know that Lucas is uh, attracted to and I kind of see him as you know the 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 the, the kung fu master who's walking with his, yeah who's walking with his his hands clasped behind his back with like kind of a hunch who looks like he's a pushover. And, uh, but then everybody's like, dude, don't mess with that guy. He's like, what are you talking about? He's a frail little man, you know? But that's, I think that's the, that's what he's evoking with Yoda. Um, and in that sense, yes, he, it is part of the learning, you know, to humble yourself that fighting is not what it appears to be, that it's something else entirely. And I I think I I can get that as the personality component to it. Um, another thing I, I could see matching this idea. Oh, I just had a good idea. Go ahead. Of of the Jedi only being Jedi when necessary, mm-hmm. like perhaps I killed a Jedi and took it from him, or, oh, look, oh, wait, put your weapon, blah, 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 mm-hmm. is Obi-Wan on the Death Star, sneaking around, nobody even knows he's there. Mm-hmm. He can kill them all, except for Vader. Yes, uh, but I was just, the idea I just had okay. was we sh- it would have been great to have a scene in episode one or two or whatever with Yoda teaching and playing with the Padawans. The young kids, the younglings, or whatever. There is a scene. No, where he's doing his goofy stuff. Oh, that. Yeah, oh. where he's like playing with them and being goofy, yeah. but using it to teach them a lesson. Yeah. 
you know, like, oh, it's just, it's just this crazy, this is the little young, what is this little puppet Yoda thing? And, and, and like the kids realize that's not a puppet Yoda, like that's the great Yoda, you know? And yeah. it's like, you know, teaching lessons with the kids using that kind of behavior. Yeah. So then we could see the mirror of that in episode four. That would have been, uh, I think about it, that would have been a great little touch. Um, oh, okay. Uh, real, real quick. <laughs> I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've listened to the episode two one that we did. Uh, one of the cuts in episode two was they removed the scene with Yoda and the younglings, mm. um, and narratively that was great. Mm. But it it messes. Oh, you mean in the fan edit that we watched? Mm-hmm. Okay. But narratively, there's a problem with it because at the beginning of episode one, and then this was I think maybe even cut out of even cut out of the episode one uh, fan edit um, when um, Obi Wan says. Master, clearly Qui Gon's his master, but he says Master Yoda should actually be mindful of the future. One of the reasons I think that line is in there is because later in Episode Five, Yoda said, or Obi Wan says, Yoda was my was, ma- was a ma- the master who instructed me. So at least now we see that Yoda has had some kind of an impact on Obi Wan. When he comes in, Yoda's training all the Jedi simultaneously. Mm. So it's right there. That scene implies, yeah, Obi Wan probably spent a couple of years with Yoda before he ever. Um, went on to well, Qui-Gon mm-hmm. cut that out now the line in episode 5 doesn't make sense like what do you mean Qui-Gon was your master that doesn't make sense yes totally and I thought I was thinking that too I was like oh, that's a and little bit of an inconsistency because the scene's not necessary to the plot but it's necessary to the to fix a whole in episode fix, 5 yeah, yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate yeah. I think uh, I, I don't know if um, maybe Lucas didn't have I don't think Lucas didn't envision Qui-Gon that's all clear. they had to do was throw in a line somewhere in the tr- uh, trailer like Yoda could have said um, when you were a youngling and I was training you that's all you need uh huh you don't you, you know you don't need um, you don't need to and, and it'd be great if he had said you know you're all upset about Anakin, but remember you were like that when you were a youngling and I was training you because was I any different when you taught I mean, yeah, that would have been a, that would actually have been, been a great way out. to do it yeah yeah because yeah when I was different you taught me again we don't know that he has more than one master this implies he only has one mm-hmm you know? yeah that's true that's true um Another thing that I wish was echoed in 1, 2, and 3 somewhere was the dreamish nightmare sequence that Luke has walking into the forest. Um, the, this idea that... I like this idea that's in 5 where he has like the force, as he's becoming useful to it, the force is kind of like poking and prodding, you know, or will you go to the dark side? I'm, and setting up this kind of test if you will um i like the idea that every jedi maybe has to go through something like that like a weird sort of force initiation hazing kind of process mm. um I, that could have been referenced in the first one to maybe show a unity of all jedi that we've all been through this we've all gone through that test that kind of thing um but because we only get it the one time it feels a little off um maybe they can revisit that in seven eight or nine but um let me ask you a question now um you know lucas says that he had the whole trilogy mapped out whether it was as one movie two movies three movies whatever before he started making episode uh four well when if you watch if you if you if you just don't pay attention to that because we don't really know what his original draft said sure you watch episode four and luke's got a mentor who dies then in episode five, Obi Wan says, "Oh yeah, go see Yoda. He's the master that instructed me." But all the Jedi were wiped out and killed. Do you think it's a cop out to create a new character that's another surviving Jedi, or do you think that that's okay? And that not only is he another surviving Jedi, but he was my mentor. 
That seems really to me. That seems a little convenient. Uh, yeah, I can see where you're going. Unless with Unless you that. watch one, two, and three, in which case it makes perfect sense. But I'm just saying in the context of four, four and five, five. Yeah, uh, that's really what interesting. What happens if Yoda dies? Is there someone else I can go train with? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're right. Uh, that does that. Another little, little tiny little dent in the. Uh, you know the you know Obi Wan says Vader uh, help uh, you know help the Empire hunt down destroy the Jedi Knights and then in the fifth one he's like okay well I'm gone so you're gonna go see this other Jedi Knight there should have been another <laughs> the, Luke should have said another one yeah. there should have been that well, what do you mean other see, one and that would have worked if Luke wasn't freezing to death at the moment Luke can barely get anything out of his mouth still that there still should have been that conversation of Luke yeah. you know uh, there's others and but then you, you know you said to me like. Uh, uh, you liked the scene in, because um, uh, see that's the thing. Like when when in Episode Four, when uh, Obi Wan whips out the lightsaber and cuts that dude's arm off in the bar, and everybody just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It's like, whoa, 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 that's a Jedi. Everybody should freak out that there's a Jedi amongst us because they all thought they were all wiped out. And your your response was, oh, I like that because like whatever Jedi's out there, they're just kind of ragtag. They're outlaws too, and like. Well, I'm not going to go report on him. I don't want the police to know I'm here. Yeah, but see, in that context, <laughs> there would be other Jedi, and that explains yeah, why Yoda uh, is around. Um, so maybe, um, yeah, so I'm not quite sure where to fall on that. Because otherwise, if it had been like not the Mos Eisley Cantina, he pulls that lightsaber out, and it's all over the news. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in fact, that could have been something to heighten the Empire's awareness of, you know, it's interesting. These droids go, you know, to get this uh, um, the data out to somebody. And all, and all of a sudden, sudden there's a freaking Jedi Knight, and it's wait it's a minute, a, pause it, three minute. That's Obi Wan Kenobi. Obi Wan Kenobi is in possession of the. That's the. Yeah, yeah. he's back. You yeah. know, yeah, you know? you're like. <laughs> we got Sky Knight by the balls now, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That's another missed moment. It's John Connor has the chip. I mean, that's that's really significant. Mm-hmm. You know? Sorry. Yeah. Different different, different franchise. franchise. Yeah. So, um, so okay. So, and again, I think the 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 just as a, another little strike against uh, Empire, the um, the 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 scene, the whole. Uh, plot with them getting you know in the the the, the asteroid worm or whatever um it's it feels a little weak yeah that was it, a, little it like a little a weird little detour and it felt weak to me but it was also kind of a neat sci-fi moment yeah it's it's got like a, i mentioned dune in the other episode it's got a dune quality you know because the big worms and everything on a different planet but the point is is that uh it's a it's a detour they're still trying to escape the empire and it's a to me, it's like the trash compactor monster. It's just a cool little sci-fi thing. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe that's kind of playing to that. Like the Sarlacc. I mean, they could, yeah, yeah. could have easily just shot him. No, let's do some cool sci-fi thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they get away from uh, the Empire, and uh, <laughs> Vader, once again, is burning through all of his superiors. <laughs> because he's not part of the military. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> I do like the only thing that kind of, I mean, we get a sense that he's um, one of the reasons why that actually works because you don't stop to think like, wait a second, he's going to be having a bunch of privates as generals any second now because if he keeps killing them for the minorest of infractions. Um, but he does say in the opening crawl that he is obsessed with oh, yeah. firing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that that sense of 
you know, maybe, uh, you, you know, keeping some people, even if uh, allowing some people to make mistakes has gone out the window because now he's obsessed. So I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Asteroids do not concern me. I mean, that's a pretty big line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he goes through uh, to, um, they go to the Cloud City to seek refuge to get uh, the ship's warp drive built. And uh, uh, Luke is still chilling with Dago, telling Dago about learning the ways of the Force, which apparently involves standing on your hands and raising things. So I used the Force. <laughs> I picked up a box. I lifted some rocks. Well, I stood on my head. Well, I will forget what Yoda said. <laughs> that song is so great. It like totally makes Empire seem like a stupid. It makes that whole scene seem really dumb, but it's a great scene. It's, it is know. a great scene. Uh, I... <laughs> You know, be, outside of the agility stuff that he does, running with Yoda on his back, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I wish that there was uh, a little bit more... Eh, there's something... When we think about all the things that Jedi do between 1, 2, and 3, and Yoda has a limited amount of time to get this guy to Jedi status, what is he... Is exhausting him part of it? I guess so, you know? Maybe, Maybe you know? Um, I can't wait to talk about Jedi. I've got some cool stuff to say about that. <laughs> so anyway... Um, assuming it's a good movie. The the great sequence, of course, in Dagobah is the raising of the ship. Yes, um, yes. And uh, Luke saying it's impossible. And then when he finally dies and lifts it over and puts it down, he goes, I don't believe it. And that's why you fail. That yeah. is, uh, it really is terrific. And um, Can I go back to the asteroid sequence real fast? Um, sure. There's another asteroid sequence in episode two Yeah. Um, that doesn't feel as good. Even though... S- you know, visually, it so should be better. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel as good. You wonder why I think that is? Is because uh, they just go into that asteroid field in episode two, willy nilly. Whereas in episode five, it's like there's an asteroid field. Oh, oh thank shit. God! Let's go in there because that's the only way we're going to get out of here alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the, it's, it's so dangerous. The, our so. odds are better in there than they are out. Yeah, you know, there's a lot more of an impending. Whereas in episode two, it's a set piece. Whereas, oh, look, some asteroids. You got the camera running? Let's go. <laughs> right. Um, the There's... Um, well, uh, yeah. We'll continue. So he tells him that's why he failed. Yoda, you know, Yoda's ambition here is to, um, you know, really tell him, like, yo... You're not ready. I don't. You're going to turn to the dark side, and that's the. Of course, that's the risk that we we understand. He's the hero. We understand that he already defaults toward the death side. The force is strong with him. So, what 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 is the writer going to add doubt that you know so that we can actually have you know uh, some sense of risk when he goes into the third act, and that is that is primarily uh, brought to us through Yoda and Yoda doubting him. Everything that Yoda says about Luke is re- referencing the dark side. Mm-hmm. I cannot teach him the boy has no patience. Much angered him like his father. Mm-hmm. What know you of ready? All your life have you looked away to the future, to the horizon. Whenever, whenever I hear that, I think of him standing, uh, standing at the, uh, looking at the two suns. I'm like, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there staring up at the suns, and we think, oh, Luke. Oh, he's what? such a he's... sweet protagonist. And then Yoda says, idiot. Mm-hmm. You can't be a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's got, it's got that it's that whole Matrix Reloaded thing where oh, you thought you were the one, eh, maybe you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it needs that. It yeah, needs that because yeah. otherwise we're not invested as a. And then when viewers. you see him training Luke, what is he talking about? The dark side. That's all he talks about. Mm-hmm. 
And then when Luke says, "I'm, you know, I got to go save him," Yoda keeps saying, "You don't go, but stop. They must be on this. All depends. Only fully trained Jedi Knight, blah blah blah." When Luke leaves, Yoda seems resigned to the fact that he's never going to see Luke again. And uh, and it, and basically says as much to um, to Obi Wan when he says, "No, there's another." Told you I did. Reckless is he. Now matters are worse. Yeah, <laughs> like all this effort was for nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, there's you know Lando does have to do a little bit of a coup on on the protagonist. Um, there is that uh, great moment where the door sl- uh, slides open and there's Vader and Han immediately pulls Han his shoe. Han just shoot. pulls his blaster out and starts shooting. And he knows who Darth Vader is. I know. He doesn't have a chance, but I'm Han Solo, damn it. Yeah. I'm start firing at you before you steal my gun. <laughs> <laughs> and he got a couple shots off. His oh, yeah, that's, that's one were. of the best Han Solo moments in the entire thing to mm-hmm. me. Um, and uh, they capture him and then uh, there's some good uh, altercations between Lando Um I do wish Lando, uh, one of the things that we don't get a sense of is, well, I wish there was at least one line of dialogue that Lando inserts saying, you know, why he betrayed them. I have, you know, he does, he he betrays them because his whole planet is at risk, you know? Yeah. Or I don't know if he's he's the, of the whole planet or whatever. It's not a planet, it's a, it's a hovering thing over the planet. It's a gas planet. Yeah, but I thought that there would be multiple... Things. There may be okay um, to tell him. Look, here are the stakes. There's a hundred million, two hundred, half a billion people here, whatever. And and you know, I did it for that. You know, trying to tell him why. And then I like. Then I'm envisioning in my head a counterpoint is like, you know, the empire's already here. They're already gone. Yeah. You just added us to it. You know. Uh, but anyway, the point is, is that there's a there's a little bit of a, a there's a there's a small sense of scale. To Lando's involvement, and I, he talks about running the city, and they say you sound like a government, you know, a diplomat or whatever. Um, I just wish that there's a that was massaged a little bit more. I like the fact that okay, at the beginning of the, well, basically this whole movie is Vader searching for his son. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the beginning of the movie, that involves an, a battle between the Empire and the Rebels, which doesn't feel like it's a personal situation at all. Mm-hmm. And nobody but Vader knows it is personal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yes, there, there, there are a lot of scenes where you get that sense, like the scene where he's talking to um, the, the emperor and stuff like that. So I mean, it's it, it's already spoiled for you in the opening crawl. Mm-hmm. But one of the, one of the great moments in that movie to me is when Lando comes in, and they're all yelling at him. He says, "Vader, uh, Vader has agreed to let, give give me Leia and Chewie." What? What about Hen? Well, he's giving him to the bounty hunter. Basically, he's giving him all the bad news. But he's not acting like he's against them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Vader wants us all dead. It goes, oh, he doesn't want you at all. He wants some... Uh... He doesn't want you at all. All he's interested in this whole movie is tracking down Luke. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he, he ignored all the rebels. He chased one ship. Mm-hmm. He followed one ship off of Hoth. He doesn't care about the rebels. Mm-hmm. One ship. And he doesn't even know Luke's on the ship, but he knows that the ship will bring him Luke Skywalker. Yes. He... <laughs> Which is a little fortuitous, honestly, because it's the one ship that is. He escapes. does know. But, no, he knows. Because what's the ship that saved the, him at the Death Star? Oh, uh, curious. I didn't put I that know, that's absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely how he knows. Okay, cool. Because he had Luke and he didn't know who Luke was but he eventually figured it out mm-hmm. in his sights and he says the force is strong with this one the Falcon shows up and the Death Star's gone yeah um, so they set up the trap there the not the trap is not just to capture of course uh, Han and Leia etc et it is a capture Luke 
um, which is a little strange in the sense that he wants to, uh, you know, in one sense we're saying that he wants to, you know, convince Luke to join with him against the Emperor, but the other time he's trying to freeze freeze dry the guy to deliver him to the emperor which sounds like a lie i don't think he okay he said okay he does he does intend to freeze luke because he knocks luke into the pit and says all too easy Mm -hmm. i don't think he was gonna take him to the emperor i think he was gonna take him someplace secluded Mm. because his whole intention was when he says wait hold on don't jump you know he 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 needs luke Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. wait 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 wait. i'm sorry i stopped off your hand but guess what we we're gonna be buddies. Mm-hmm. I, I I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So there is the the fight between the two. It's in that. Uh, it's of course super iconic with the orange steps and the dark blue background and the lightsabers. The no audio sound effects. The, the no no uh, the score. The outcome of that fight is apparent before it even begins. You want to know how? You want to know why? First of all, Luke ignites his lightsaber first, which is not what a Jedi does. Hmm. Even though in the in the edit Obi Wan does that to Vader, but that's a little different because Obi Wan and Vader have fought before, mm-hmm. and, and he's not being aggressive there. He says, "I know what's coming." Yeah, you know. Um, but also because Luke ignites his lightsaber and brandishes it with both hands right in front of Vader, Vader's got his lightsaber in one, one hand. hand. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. It's you already know. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think Vader ever has, holds his lightsaber double-handed in that entire fight. He does at the when oh, when oh. when. Uh, oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, right. But not at back. the beginning, not not when they're actually like around the freeze carpet. No, when he, when the when the, the setting goes to the different setting on the it's on the also, pier thing. You you can just feel like that that Luke is 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 really in tune with the Force when he and when he enters the carbon freezing chamber, glances at his gun and puts it away. He knows. I don't need this anymore. He knows what's going to happen. He can mm-hmm, feel it. Mm-hmm. The gun is useless. Hmm. Han doesn't realize that because he's not force sensitive. Sure. He tried to he tried to shoot the <laughs> Um We see um, we see the fight between the two, and then there's the big reveal, which was a big reveal in, in the eighties. It's still a it's still a great scene every time you watch it. it. It's a great scene, but in the context of one, two, and three, can't say it's got the same impact anymore. No, it doesn't have the same impact. But if you're okay. Forget every movie but five. It's a great scene because the whole movie, he's just looking for Skywalker, looking for Skywalker, and then he says, I'm your father. Just as in, in and of itself, in of the, without the rest of Star Wars, it's, a, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know why he's obsessed with finding Skywalker. You mm-hmm. have no idea until the end. Now, in the, in the grand scheme of things, you're right. It doesn't have the same impact. Mm-hmm. In the context now of one, two, and three, I... When that scene happened, because when, whenever I saw five uh, previously, um, I looked, I listened to those lines of "You and me, father and son, rule the galaxy," and finally there will be peace. That line, um, I always defaulted to. That's a lie. He knows it's a lie. He's just trying to manipulate him into saying okay or yes. Some of the actors assumed it was a lie. But now, this is the first time I listened to and watched that scene where I, there's a part of me going, I, I think he thinks that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like in the context of you know, who he was as Anakin back in the day, that maybe this is the chance where he can finally overcome the Emperor and actually have peace like he wanted. Um, but I never really, I never, I never thought that before until watching it this time. Well, I mean, because he makes the exact same pitch to Padme. Yes. 
Um, I don't think I've seen five in such a long time that this and is really the he first. He says, I'm stronger than the Emperor. I can overthrow him. You Together, you and I can rule the galaxy together. Make things the way we want them to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is exactly his, it's his mind. That's why that's why Empire Strikes Back takes place. Mm-hmm. It's the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. No, it doesn't have that same impact. Uh, the only way that they could have had it could have had the same impact is if it had been ambiguous at the end of Episode Three whether Anakin was Vader. Exactly, because if they and that would have been an interesting thing to do because. Even made out of order, the audience would have been like, oh, that's so freaking cool because we know he's Vader, but you can't tell in the movie. The character- it doesn't spoil anything. And the char- <laughs> if you left it with the characters not knowing, I mean, Yoda knows, Obi-Wan knows, uh, presumably um, the, his aunt and uncle know, um, whatever surviving Jedi that are out there, I'm sure they know. Can you imagine if episode three, the last time we saw Anakin, was him burning, or lying there with, with the sm- smoldering when Obi-Wan walked away? That's the last we saw of him. That would have been awesome. Yeah, a lot of people would be let down that you didn't get to see the costume or hear the voice. Mm-hmm. But imagine if you were watching, and you know, Obi Wan leaves him there, and he's smoldering. And then the next movie, Darth Vader. Okay, well, it's the new Darth. We've had all these Darths. Oh. No surprise. Yeah, no surprise. But all of a sudden, this Darth seems a lot more interesting than the other ones, where he's more of a character. Okay, that's cool. Uh-huh. Oh, and, and, the- and Vader. But then there's that line, Vader. It, you leave it alone. Vader helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. Wait a minute. That was. That was An- Anakin. Anakin. Mm-hmm. Although there is a problem. When does that line come in? Oh, when he's talking yeah, to him at the There is a the problem that he is four. named Darth Vader in the movie. I mean, if you, if, you, if you could figure you could out a way. You could line out. If you could figure out a way to redo it mm-hmm. and have it be ambiguous that he survives at, at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have done. That's absolutely what I would have done. Nobody in the audience. Well, okay. Everybody would have been upset that they didn't get to see the suit and hear the voice. But everybody in the audience would have been like, that's perfect. I can watch all these movies and not get spoiled. Exactly. Uh, And, okay, so yeah, I I totally, yeah. That moment has been broken because of 1, 2, and 3. And, um, but it was fine, you know, standalone. It would be like, okay. Uh, okay. And it's, I would love, you know, who... Who in the audience didn't lose their shit in the eighties when they saw that? Oh yeah, and then it would, and the problem is you will preserve ne- for every for every generation if you were able to fix it. Yeah. It would be like this. Okay, um, the 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 prequels are a prequel to something that already exists. Does that make sense? Yeah. It would be like this: if Smallville was an actual prequel to an actual Superman story with Tom Welling and every blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and he never put the suit on in Smallville, it would be okay because you don't need to see that. You've already seen it. Mm-hmm. It'd be like that. I wouldn't have spent ten years ago. Damn it! I never saw this suit because I never already seen the suit. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> that's exactly that's when it starts to get boring. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's no longer Smallville. It's something else. Yeah. 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 Um. So Luke uh, decides not to, of course, stand with Vader. He ostensibly yeah. commits suicide following down Absolutely. the cliff. And, and that's uh, exactly what a Jedi would have done. And uh, but instead is salvaged and saved. And Leia feels the force of him calling out to him. You know, there's there's speculation about whether or not Luke's turned to the dark side or whatever in episode 7 we, which we haven't seen yet mm. um, but like in episode 5 it seems like he wouldn't turn to the dark side because when he, he, he chooses death over, over over anything potential but then in 6 he starts slipping he hammers at Vader over and over and over and slip and, and then he has to take a, a pause and go oh I think I might be in trouble 
Hmm. So it's, I think it is possible that he could You've turn to the dark side. You've seen six? <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> you broke that illusion, man. <laughs> I've seen it three times. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so the Millennium Falcon does come in, and uh, there's chasing the Falcon. The Falcon supposedly has its warp drive fixed. We're going to click the warp drive and get on out of here. Lo and behold, it has been sabotaged once again. So we have the final kind of, I can't get away from these guys moment with uh, the Empire on the trail. And they do, uh, R2 comes to the rescue, fixes the warp drive. And then what I think is, happens is probably the most interesting moment with Vader's uh, in the whole I, I was thrown. I was kind of. I was taken back about this moment. He Vader's in the Star Destroyer. He's looking at the Millennium Falcon. He's on the prowl. It's only a matter of time. He knows the warp drive is dead, and then it flies off in the distance. And it's funny because he he looks to the side, and then looks back forward at it, and then turns around and walks away. And it's the first time he doesn't kill one of his, um, uh, you know, captains or whatever for, you know, for, for, for failing in this moment. And it's the first time there's a little, in my, in watching it's like it's this tiniest little glimpse of remorse and actual feeling. Uh, He's actually motivated by love. Yeah, like. He says, son. Come with me. That's not somebody who's just a, a megalomaniac. Well, that's but that's in the context of trying to convince him to join him. So there's still yeah. a little bit of I don't know if he's lying. That that moment right there, that that little tiny private moment where he does that double take, where it's just kind of like, you know, like there's a and not you know not reacting in anger or hostility. Just the there's that that there's a little true little moment right there. I, I never caught it before, but I really liked it this time around. Uh, Vader says to Luke, "You can destroy the Emperor. He has foreseen it. it. Is your destiny? Do you think that's a lie, or do you think he really believes? I mean, that's a tough one. Yeah, because okay, because I can see that Vader is saying that to Luke because he wants to convince, give Luke confidence. I think it. I, I, I we would have. I think we'd have. To, yeah, it's but difficult. The, but the Emperor also said. Uh, great disturbance in the forest. Mm-hmm. He can destroy us. So we're torn because I. But on the other hand, we have Yoda who can't see that far in the future. But maybe the dark forces, people who are dark practitioners, can see further into the future because they're stronger, powerful, more, or whatever. Remember, I, I suggested to you the possibility that the whole light side and dark side thing was a social construct that, that was laid over the force. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, the force is this chaotic neutral thing, yeah, yeah. like a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, you can hit balls with it. I'll teach you how to hit balls. We're going to go to a batting cage, mm-hmm. but never use it to attack. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But if you pick it up, use it to attack. Guess what? You can kill people. You can be a badass. And you can <laughs> do. You can do a lot of harm. But it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. possible. I mean that's why the I mean maybe that's why the Jedi are so stoic and and everything is because it is the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's an actual switch. It's 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 like a volume knob. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But yeah, you don't want to uh, clip. Yeah. Yeah, when you clip, that's when you have the problem. Well, it's like figuring out how to, um, you know, take a very dangerous drug every day at just enough of a level where it won't hurt you. It's like that. Because <laughs> it'd be really easy to just overdose on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, anyway, so that's that's the that's the end of the movie. It's you know obviously setting up for some kind of whatever will be uh, episode six. Um, Prediction oh. about episode six. Jar Jar and Jabba the Hutt, one and the same. <laughs> he dies. It's entirely possible. He's killed by either Natalie Portman or perhaps her daughter. Or I'm son, thinking or Natalie son. Portman. <laughs> I'm hoping so. Yeah. I'm hoping she busts she in needs to bring back he as her. Matilda and kills Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, this is running long, but I do want to go back to just a little thing I said. I, I think episode four is the better film. Episode 5, you know, we mentioned a few inconsistencies. It's a little hampered because of the 1, 2, and 3 elements that are being brought oh. in. And um, I think the the scope of the movie isn't nearly as grandiose. I mean, the original we have the, the, the no-name farmer who takes out the Death Star. Um, and in this one, it's, it's just kind of like they run away briefly and they come back together and catch up with... Uh, um, you know the conflict with it's more perhaps it's the more emotionally resonant. Like episode five and episode two have a similar thing where at the beginning of the movie the characters go off in separate yeah, directions. Yeah, and They meet back at the end. Yeah. Let me say this: um, in in defense of Empire, uh, the scene where Luke is hanging upside down. This is why you need the Wampa scene. He's hanging upside down and, and he's reaching around trying to find his lightsaber and it's hanging and it's and it's just out of, out of reach. Mm-hmm. And you see that and you see that and you see that. And he's struggling, but you know he can do it. Mm-hmm. You know he can do it, and mm-hmm. that's that's really powerful. The other thing I was going to say, but you could you could ha- you could sell that moment in a different way without having this uh, snowman thing, you know, blindside him out of nowhere. Um, it would have been, I think, it would have been a nice, you know, in the in the sense of episode four, where everything organically rolls, you know, from one thing to the next to the next to the next, is the or the the it could be simple fix, you know, you have the the droids that are being you know sent out, um, the I guess drones being sent out by the Empire to look for the rebels, is somehow those entering. Because they tried to do it, because it's like I'm going to go check out this asteroid that came over here. It should have been, I think, better to have. The, dro- the drones coming in, the rebels spotting them, and then that leads to a cascade of events that mm-hmm. puts Luke in a dangerous situation, and et cetera, et cetera. Not where it happened. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's a very, it's a tiny misstep. I like when the droid comes down and Han, Han and Chewie go to check it out. Chewie goes, Rah! and the droid turns, turns around, and then Han fires at it from yeah, behind. That's, that's really that's clever. clever. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but the other thing I was going to say is, I feel like um, episode five is more emotionally engaging. Um, nothing that Ben, Obi Wan, and Luke do compares to what Yoda and Luke do, as far as emotional engagement. Um, the 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 scene where Han gets frozen in carbonite and Chewie is is bawling. Calling, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets to you. It's a uh, uh, again. I'm not saying Empire is a six. I'm saying it's got a few dents in the hull. Um, and four is more of a adrenaline push this is more of an emotion push it's a deeper thing uh, I, I i the the the, the, the uh, it's not just that it's how the machinations of things unfold from one thing to the next it's smoother and more organic in episode four okay. episode five has these weird sort of things that sort of you feel it pushing the characters in these places for you know storytelling purposes as opposed to the characters unfolding into them mm. and uh, I feel I feel that manipulation there that I don't feel in four mm. so that's that was my 
thesis argument. Well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> what did Luke's or what did Yoda say when Luke Skywalker was constipated? Oh, I don't know. Aw, cannot get your shit out. <laughs> uh, okay, on that note, <laughs> we're going to be watching, um, you know, a, film, a fan edit of episode five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's <laughs> kind of the purpose of this thing. And um, I, I haven't seen it before. You haven't seen it before. Um, and, uh, Hello, a man in the audience. We've never met before, have we? <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to check that out. And... Uh, See you on the flip side. Thanks for listening. much sooner than we would have been if we had actually sat and watched uh, all of it. Um, this, uh, for the other, uh, for all the Star Wars edits that we're doing here, this one is going to be the most unique in what we're watching because instead of watching somebody's version of it, watching um, uh, an edited or fan edited version of it, what we um, set forth on this particular episode was to capture and watch Harmy's uh, despecialized version of episode five, which is less of a fan edit and more of a film restoration project. And um, the ambition was, I, I kind of, uh, I didn't know how much you would geek out about that. And apparently uh, that didn't move the needle at all. <laughs> so, uh, after a couple of minutes uh, into the movie, and Greg going, I don't, there's nothing that nothing's been changed. I'm just like, all right, let me tell you what we're watching because <laughs> I had I hadn't told him beforehand of what we were getting ourselves into, and uh, at that point, interest in continuing to watch it kind of fell by the wayside. So um, we stopped the film, and I was like, well, uh, let's 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 look at what we're missing here because. Um, there's a sense that I don't think neither you or I was really appreciating what we were watching. Harmy's despecialized edition uh, version of the films um, of 4, 5, and 6 are wild, widely known in the fan edit community, as well as Adawans, which we watched um, when we did episode 4. Um, so that begs the question, uh, why? Why his? Why... Is it such a big deal to watch um, episode five and despecialize? What does that even mean? Um, and I think uh, 
talking about that and talking the importance of it and talking about why people are interested in it might make for a more interesting um, uh, second half of this episode than kind of going through and really talking about, you know, what what are the little minor changes that were done. Um, so to follow up with, uh, in that vein, we uh, continue, we, we've dug a little bit deeper to look into what were the specific edits that Harmy did. Because, um, you know, clearly we weren't going to be able to catch it just by watching the film. We're not, from a, from a, from a film restoration standpoint, we're not going to be those kind of people who can watch and be able to pinpoint what is and is not changed or problematic or whatnot. Yeah, like, like uh, they, showed all, they showed all these different versions of the font and the colors and everything and the brightness on a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You would, yeah, like, and I looked at every one of those and I said, I would never notice there was a difference when I was watching the movie. See, that's it. Okay, so we watched, there's a, there's a little documentary you can catch online. Um, there's actually, it looks like it was done by Harmy himself, a little about 10, 11 minutes long. Which sort of breaks down kind of the process of getting the footage together, um, and uh, and it's got some you know side by side comparison shots or one overlaying the other, so you can kind of get an idea of what this looks like now, what it used to look like, and what it what all the different versions were. And it's for sure, like uh, you would think something as trivial as the opening font uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away that that would be standardized. Like we're when we open up the Blu-ray and put that in, that's surely the exact same version that we saw that was in 77. Uh, not only is it not the same version, but it's not the same version as the one that was on the DVDs. It's not the same version that was on the laser discs. It's not the same version that was on uh, a recorded of a 16 And I really don't know why. Print. I really don't know why. It's been changed and changed Nobody's going to care what it looks like. Nobody's going to go, man, I really wish they could tighten up that font a little bit on that opening thing. Well, the caring part comes into... No, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not talking about the fan editing. I'm talking about the, the versions that are out there. I don't understand why they look different. I suspect that, um, you know, when we talk about, you know, film degrades. And so over time, as each new release needs to come out, the, the, the original source material from which to do so is the highest source. But each time you go back to it, it's going to get a little worse and... You know, the, the quality needed to get it when it was originally in VHS is it's very different than what you need if you need DVD and even different again for Blu-ray. Yeah. So, um, but it does, but still, it's not like you can't take a, a, a program that does fonts and, you know, you mess with the kerning and the font and the colors and make it look like the original. So even that, it looks, it looks like the original if you don't have a side-by-side -side comparison. Yeah. But once you start doing the side-by-side -side stuff, you see that there are differences. Um, but when I looked at them all, I didn't see one and go, oh, that's, that's what it should look like. They all look fine to me. Exactly. And uh, it makes me wonder, unless I suspect that anybody who is, you know, anybody who's going to be a casual Star Wars person is, is going to be completely unaffected by these types of changes, uh, color correcting and, and whatnot. And people who are sort of super fans, uh, even them, I think, largely are... are um, gonna go by the wayside and not care about you know the dark the deep darks versus you know the yeah this isn't form. this wouldn't be the same thing as changing the timber of luke's voice or something like that you exactly know? um but there is a level where all of a sudden not only do people care but people care a whole lot and i think that line gets crossed when we start talking about um episode four five and six as not just being films but being historical artifacts um, he made a funny <laughs> reference 
And when we start seeing all the different versions, you have to ask yourself, which one is the real version? Which one is the right version? And it, it seems to be akin to, you know, going back in time and digging up old uh, biblical manuscripts, trying to find out which one is the authentic version of that. Like we have 50 copies of the X version and mm -hmm. nine copies of the Y version. And each one has little differences. Can we figure out by merging together which one is the source yeah. material and so on? Yeah. Um, so this version of Star Wars is not just, hey, uh, we found an old 30, you know, 35 millimeter print of the film and you know, put it in HD and there you go. Um, this is not a, a simple, simply an HD version of the unaltered DVDs that came out in 2011? 2004. No, 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 six. Six-ish. The altered versions came out in 2004. Okay. Um, and it's not, um, it's not uh, like a, a high-quality upgrade from the original source material. This is something that's been pieced together by... Um, by uh, the, those sources, um, the original apparently what you know what we've been learning here is that the DVDs when they came out the unaltered versions um, that they were in a, a low quality. They were sourced not from the original film but from a different uh, material, a different source altogether. I believe the laser disc of some kind. And so some of the problems that were created when the laser disc was created uh, transferred over to that to those DVD releases. Um, moreover, that uh, they didn't bother to correct the uh, the ratio, the film aspect ratio of it, so it was unable to be viewed correctly on a widescreen TV. There's one version of the of the uh, released movies that I haven't heard reference to, and it's the THX versions. Do you remember those? I thought that I thought there was a brief reference to that in the documentary. I remember that. Hmm. The, um, a year or two before the special editions came out. They released the THX versions. They said this will be the last time you can get this on VHS, the original movies. Mm. They've been restored. Color, sound, all that junk restored. So everything you see is exactly what you saw before, but it but it may be sharper or you know, more defined. But you're not seeing any shots or anything that you haven't already seen. So see, to me, I'm not a fan editor, so to, to me, when I see the THX... Or editor, period. When I see the... Well, I edit uh, copy, but okay, uh, not yeah, you know videos. I mean, yeah. um, but anyway, um, when I see the THX version, and you were to tell me, oh, well, I want to see the original. To me, that's the original. Yeah. It, you know? Well, that's not. It's not the... When we talk but about... to me, it is, because when I watch the movie, I'm not concerned so much with... Oh look, the the rubble symbol is a slightly different color red. That doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. What bothers me is if it's missing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, <laughs> but in the same sense of uh, that, that's fine when we look at if you take Star Wars as entertainment and the you know the the ride through it. If you take it just as that, of course those things don't matter. Um, but when you take it from a, a a historical artifact, now they do. Sure. And what you would you would think, and it does beg the question, even if Disney now, who has all of the, the rights here, can even they go back to the source material, put it in HD, et cetera, et cetera, as well as, as this guy's version? Because what he has done here in order to... Because he hasn't just simply made a, um, a, a, specialized, a, a despecialized version, uh, because there are the only... Uh, 
HD prints of Star Wars that are available are the special other special versions. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about any kind of footage that has um, any of the older you know material in it has to be upgraded manually to an HD image, and that is that is not a simple point and click, stretch the screen out, make it look good. I mean that that there's a process there so much so that in the documentary shows about finding original stills and having scanned those in and then using those to paint in the backgrounds on a lot of the shots in order to have you know those static really high quality hd shots like uh there was one particular shot they showed in the video with um uh you know that really high bird's eye view shot of r2d2 kind of going going through the the sands this is from the uh, episode four he's done these specialized versions for episodes four five and six um, but the the material we saw online talked a lot about the episode four changes, but it's the same process I'm sure it was done with five. Although I would be curious um, uh, to find out more specifically whether or not. Um, well, I guess if they if they did any kind of you know mass um, remakings, re-releasings of the films, they probably altered it all the same way. Um, so I guess that point is is neither here nor there. But the what what I'm really getting at is that the. It's not just what did it look like using the sources that we have available. It's taking everything that we can imagine that we have of the old source materials and and compositing and recompositing and in order to have an HD version of those original source materials. So it is a new thing altogether. Um, so that, again, again, that begs the question, can even Disney do that? Disney may have access to everything, but it's still going to require somebody to piece it all together still going to require somebody to get the original I mean even if they have the original 35 millimeter prints those things fade over time you're still going to have to try to find the original color palette somewhere in order to color correct that as much as possible to look like the original which is effectively what this guy has done let me ask you a legal question if Disney owns the rights to this movie they can sell copies of it this guy can't correct could they just rip his, rip his version off and sell it I don't see why not. I don't know because he. Ha I don't think he has any rights. He has zero rights to it. So they could just rip his off. And I don't know if that would bother him, except the fact that he put all the work in. But I mean, like, for it to be mass produced probably wouldn't bother him. It'd probably bother him if he didn't get any pay, any pay for it. But he would be known as he already is kind of known in the fan world as the guy who who made the despecialized editions. Yeah. He would just be more known by that. My understanding is that Maybe he Disney even, could offer him a job. My understanding is <laughs> my understanding is by the by the by the publicity of this uh, particular edit, he did get a a, a really lucrative editing job somewhere. Mm -hmm. I forget mm -hmm. where, but um, so yeah. But I mean, maybe he wants. Hey, we could we need somebody to work on episodes seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't turn that down. Well, if I were him, I would have put out my my episode four, and then you know said, hey, I have a five and a six, but I but uh. Fortunately, I don't have the rights to sell it. <laughs> you know, put one out for free, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we talked about... Um, uh, so this is... this is a, I, I, I'm really... Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to like say, like, should people go out and, and see this and go out of their way to grab this copy um, from a from a recommendation standpoint, um, it is... I would say yes with two conditions. Number one, you don't like the special editions. Number two, you're not satisfied with Blu-ray. Or DVD, sorry. DVD, yeah. Because yeah, otherwise you can get a copy of it on DVD. 
Uh, is that readily available, those unaltered versions? I don't think it isn't. They are anymore. But yeah. I'm sure you could find it on eBay or something. But even if you got those, you put them on any kind of widescreen TV, it's not going to fill the screen out. Unfortunately, um, like I said, my copies are loaned out. Mm-hmm. And I've never bothered to really look at that or think about it. I, I'm, I probably watch those things once just for nostalgia purposes. Mm-hmm. Because now that the prequels are out, even though they have problems... They, you know, Boba Fett's voice different, etc. Mm-hmm. This is, we're, we're, it's progressive. We can't go backwards, which I don't want, you know, whatever. <laughs> we're going in a certain direction, and there you go. So mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really intend to watch those things much. Even as a, from a... I, I want to have them in case I want to okay. watch them, or in case someone else does. Mm-hmm. But personally, if I'm going to watch Star Wars, I'm going to put in the Blu-ray. Personally, even if you had this by your side, if I had, well, then I would then I would have to decide that. But right now, I don't have that. So. Okay, um, that does that does make it interesting. Like you know, if you do have, is this something that replaces the disc? Perhaps uh, there there are a lot of changes I like in the in the special edition. Um, the main ones that I don't honestly. Are the plot ones? I don't mind changing the scenery in Cloud City. I don't mind that. What about the different looking emperor? I don't mind that either. I actually prefer the new version. No, but I mean that's what I'm saying. Like you, that would be a when you're deciding whether you have you have oh. the despecialized oh, version. With, and with the, Empire, I'd probably stick with the with the blue with the original Blu-ray version. The Blu-ray For special Empire. edition. Yeah, I, I don't think I would. I don't think there's anything in there that I'm Is like, offensive? man. I can't believe they changed that. I mean, the more I mean, because it's minimal anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the episode four changes. Now it's not minimal to someone who is paying attention to, you know, aspect ratio and color and all that. But I'm not paying attention to those things when I watch a movie gotcha. generally. Um, from a historical um, standpoint, there's the, you know, there is this, we want to find out where the zero point was, where, what, what, what is considered the original, what did they see in 19, um, you know, 77, 80, 83, if I don't know where, our, which movie are we talking about? <laughs> the sixth one. Oh, 83. Yeah. Okay. So, um, those, we're, we're almost at a point now, you know, technologically speaking that we can recreate those in home theaters and, and whatnot. Um, so, and because, you know, like I said, it's a, from a historical standpoint, we really like to have those originally sourced material. Um, but just to, again, reiterate that this is, is more than just, um, somebody who take, who took the, the, the specialized versions, which are in HD and Blu-ray quality. And then whenever, you know, a, a scene popped up that, uh, that, that included the new special effects that they were just substituted, copy and pasted from a, a different version. It's, it's, this is a seamless, um, uh, a seamless, the, the, the transitions from the, from one version to another are completely seamless here. Um, there's an interesting little thing that is in the documentary they talked about, um, that there is a 16 millimeter print of somebody watching the 32 millimeter print of the of Star Wars, and so that 16 millimeter print is available. Um, and they someone, use someone. So why would someone shoot a video of someone else watching a video? 
Well, it, it, it might have been used like, you know, maybe something that was circulating inside the studio, you know, wow. referencing a few things or whatnot. And they used that footage to, you know, to make sure that the, 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 the timing of, for example, the, uh, the dialogue, the, the text dialogue between Greedo and Han is framed perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they also use that for color referencing to make sure that as they color correct that they go back to the, the original source uh, as much as possible. Um, there's also some really interesting use of uh, multiple sources all in one shot to help try to carve out and cut and paste over a special effects shot. Um, I mean, everything that we've been talking about has been visual related, but it also sounds like there's a big uh, effort here to restore as much as they could of the original audio as well. Um, because even those went through changes between, I'm sure, stereo to 5.1 mixes and so on. Um, so uh, it's, 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 um, it, it's, it's weird because on one sense, 99% of people don't care. It's not, uh, it's not going to be something that's going to change your Star Wars experience. Um, this isn't a fan edit uh, in a conventional sense that this show has been around, uh, this podcast. Um, it's, uh, it's considered in the vein of a film, uh, I guess, film restoration. Um, and uh, to the extent that uh, it is what it is, I mean, it looks like it's pretty much at the top of the food chain there. Yeah. Well, um, I guess that's going to wrap up uh, this episode. If you're into that sort of thing, um, go find it. Uh, I think a, a lot of torrent sites are available, so if you just Google it, you'll find it somewhere. Um, it's all over the place online. Harmy, H-A-R-M-Y, Harmy's Despecialized Editions. Um, they're available uh, for episodes 4, 5, and 6. And uh, um, if you want that Blu-ray quality, you don't want to wait for Disney to get around to doing it. <laughs> or Disney to get around to stealing Harmy's version and saying it's their own, uh, you should go uh, give it a shot. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah. See you next time. Bye.